Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Sarah Ellis. And I'm Helen Tupper. And this is the Squiggly Careers podcast, where every week we talk about all topics to do with work in the hope that we can help you navigate your squiggly career just that little bit more successfully. Our topic this week has been inspired by our TEDx talk, partly because we're really excited that it's now featured on TED.com. Yay! So, uh, <laughs> that probably doesn't feel like a big deal for everyone else. They were like, oh, you, we already knew you got a TED talk. But for us, that just makes it a bit easier for us to share. And obviously, then you're in some incredibly good company in terms of some of the other people who've done TED Talks, alongside some of our heroes like Adam Grant and Brené Brown and Carol Dweck. Maybe they'll be friends with us now. You never know. <laughs> so I'll just, I'll just on that point, we were doing Pod Plus last week and Sarah was talking about Radical Candor and I was like chatting to everybody on Pod Plus in the chat. And someone said that that would be like the best ever rock band that was like Brenny Brown and Simon Sinek. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yes, I want to go to that concert. That would be amazing. Yeah, I've so got it's like images we're... of like Seth Godin on bass guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> what are we doing? I think we're just like oh, groupies, right? We're yeah, just... <laughs> at, the, at the front. Being like, we love you. Let us be in your band. Yeah, yeah, proper groofies. <laughs> the other thing that we've discovered, which is brilliant if you don't already listen to it, is there is a daily TED Talk podcast. And on that podcast, you can hear our full talk. So if you're going for a walk and that's a much better way to listen, definitely try that out. It came out on May the 18th. Mm-hmm. And it's just great to listen to in terms of extra inspiration. So wherever you listen to us at the moment, you can download that podcast too. So perhaps give that a go and let us know what you listen to that really inspires you. So one of the favourite, if that's the right word, things that we said in our TEDx talk is... In squiggly careers, there is no one-size-fits-all version of success. Success is as individual as you are. And that's really inspired us for today's podcast episode because we thought we wanted to delve into this idea of success a bit more. I remember earlier this year talking to Kath Bishop, the ex-Olympic rower, diplomat. She wrote a brilliant book called The Long Win. And she talked to me a bit about success and it's something that she's thought about a lot. That's a brilliant accompanying sort of twin episode to this, um, if this is handy for you. And we just thought we wanted to think a bit more about what does success mean? Now that we're encouraging everybody to let go of the ladder, to really embrace these squiggly careers, how do we view success in a way that is useful and helpful to keep us motivated, give us momentum and I guess the context is that success in a squiggly career is different Mm. to what success meant when you were climbing the ladder which really meant that there was only one 
one version of success, which was, you know, progressively getting more senior. And you marked that success with a series of statuses and <laughs> symbols like job titles, getting, you know, more senior or, you stuff. know, salaries more or grades. Stuff. Yeah, that stuff. And <laughs> I, you know, I collected those things. I really cared about the grades and I knew how that worked in an organisation. But I don't think... I don't think it made me happy. It was just sort of like these external symbols of success. And that was all that was readily available, I think, as well. The things with those were readily available symbols of success in an organisational context. But when we think about squiggly careers, it's like much more nuanced because you can develop in different directions. And we know that success doesn't mean the same for everybody, even if and I'll tell you how we know that because we asked our Instagram community and lots of other people. But unfortunately, when I Googled, what is a definition of success? The uh, Oxford English Dictionary, no shade on that. But when I Googled, what does success mean? It said their definition of success is the fact that you have achieved something that you want and have been trying to do or get, which I was like nodding along to. I was like, yes, I think that's it. And the second part of it is, and success is the fact of becoming rich or famous or of getting a high social position. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's the ladder. Like yeah. the Oxford English Dictionary definition of success is basically still what success looked like when we we're climbing ladders, not succeeding in a squiggly career. And I actually think our Instagram community, I, I much prefer Did a much their definition. Better job. Yeah. yeah. So we asked them, what do you think success is in one word? What would you say it was? And the top word was fulfillment, but then also autonomy living my values, I know that's not one word, being valued, mm-hmm. I thought that was quite interesting, uh, growth, enjoyment, learning, impact, nobody said salary. Famous. No, no, one, <laughs> yeah, no one said getting famous, <laughs> becoming rich or having a high social position. Nobody said that. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah, and I guess that's a good question, I think, to ask yourself. If you were kind of going, what does success, how would you sum up success in one word? What would your answer to that be? I was also reflecting there as I was listening, the thing I don't want to ignore is, this is probably from a position of privilege, right? So I think there is a point of going, well, actually, and probably particularly earlier in your career, maybe, there is a a level of success that you want to reach because you want to make sure you do have enough money, you know, that you are in a position where you're not having to kind of worry about some of those more, you know, the basic needs that kind of help us to live day in, day out. But then maybe success is, then it's not about seniority. Maybe it's about security or stability. Mm. I mean, that, and that's what that's about. Because I was just thinking, it's like, it's a privilege, isn't it, to go, well, your success is about learning or about growth. And I think that's brilliant. That's kind of what we would want from people. But, you know, not underestimating that sometimes they're I think also your success can change over time. So at different points in your career, it might look and feel really different. The other thing I was thinking is, it's interesting, like what's visible in terms of success, like what we can see. Often we get quite worried, I think, about visible signs of success, those symbols which are obvious to other people, i.e. like if it was more about where you are in an organisational hierarchy, that's something other people can see. And that's when you get fall into all those kind of traps that get in our way, like comparing yourselves to others or even, you know, this, I think, can affect things like your confidence gremlins because you think, well, they are more successful than me because they're in a box that's higher up on a diagram versus thinking, if you think about what our Instagram community said, they're things that, you know, you can't necessarily see from the outside. They're kind of very internal things. They're much more intrinsic symbols of success. So I was starting to kind of come up with, it started to feel a bit like a magazine quiz, to be honest, by the end. I was going, 
this is like the alternative success quiz. It was like, right, okay, so are you living your values? Does your life feel purposeful? Does your time at work feel like time well spent? Do you feel like you're making a positive difference to other people from the work that you do? And I guess this is perhaps whether you're thinking about success generally or you know maybe success in a kind of smaller context in terms of work those questions might change slightly but it is really interesting and I do think especially if you've grown up with one version of success that you thought you were aspiring to and I definitely had that in mind I definitely got like a job title that I thought you know the classic where do you want to be in five years time that interview question that I want everybody to stop asking I'm sure I was really clear about going oh for me it's all about getting to this level and this job title And then suddenly redefining and reframing that Mm. can feel quite uncomfortable. I do think this is quite an uncomfortable process that takes quite a lot of confidence. So I have questions for you. I'm going to put you on the success spot because I'm not talking about The one word thing, the what does success mean to you now in one word, what would your one word be? Probably learning. I think learning was the first thing. So if we were doing rapid response answers, learning was where I went first. And how different, second question for you, how different would that be for what you think that one word would have been 10 years ago? Pretty different. I think 10 years ago, God, I'm getting a bit old now, 10 years ago, I'm still quite old. I probably, maybe 15 years ago in particular, 15 years ago, it would have been progression, probably. Mm. Not just promotion, but like progression, something kind of much more ladder-like and staircase-like in terms of the language I would have used. I was then thinking... There are some things, though, that have stayed the same because, you know, my number one value is achievement and it was my number one value 15 years ago and it's my number one value today and it's I am very achievement orientated. I think actually the difference is I've redefined what achievement means for me. So that, I think, has stayed the same in terms of the word, but what that word means, how that shows up, whether I'm kind of living that value looks and feels very different. But I think the reason I was partly asking... If success is going to be as individual as you are, if there's no one size fits all version of success, I really, I think it's useful to go with that rapid response. Like, what's my first instinct? Like, <laughs> mine would be impact. But then also think, well, how has that changed over time? It, what's consistent? What's evolved? I just think it's useful insight as you start to think about this going forward as well. Right. So let's start to think now about ideas for action. So if you want to do some reflection on what success means to you, perhaps. What do you assume it means? Just really kind of start to explore this for yourself, kind of increase your awareness and then work out what actions you might take. Kind of how do you do that? I think the first thing to think about is just reframing how we think about success from something that is black and white. So I either succeed or I fail to shades of grey. And from a point in the future, like I'll be successful when to actually what does success look and feel like for you in the here and now? And I think there's some good reasons kind of why we need to reframe our thinking in this way. I think if it is very binary, as in I'm either successful or I'm not, we lose so much opportunity for learning. And actually in, in hardly anything that we do, even if sometimes it does feel quite binary, I either got the job or I didn't get the job, that feels like a quite a win or lose outcome. I still think there is lots that we can learn from, say, that process of going for a promotion that you weren't successful in. And you probably had some successes along the way. Perhaps you built some new relationships. Perhaps you got to the final stage of that interview process. 
perhaps you sorted out your CV and your LinkedIn profile as a result. And so sometimes I think if we see things as very black and white, we miss all of the small successes that are part of the process. And we just see the success as being tied to the outcome. And I think that, A, then we limit our learning. And also we're vulnerable to, sometimes, you know, we're not in full control of that success and that failure. We don't know who else has gone for that promotion and that job. That promotion might disappear. That role might change. And so if our motivation and our meaning is so tied to that outcome that we're kind of chasing, you can end up feeling really disheartened and and kind of disappointed. And I think the other thing, and if you're like me, this is the harder of the two, I think, I'm really future orientated. And that can be quite useful when you're thinking about where you might want to go and for kind of setting goals and plans. But I think you've got to be careful not to kind of fall into that trap of going, I'll be successful when, or, you know, sometimes that I'll be happy when, you know, I get to a certain level or I achieve a certain thing. And actually quite a few people gave this advice in the career advice section of the Squiggly Career book that we did. Lots of people talked about you've got to find joy in the doing, in the present, because the success and the kind of satisfaction that you feel when you get to that moment, even if you've been successful, is actually really fleeting. So for someone like me, I am really motivated by outcomes because I'm really achievement orientated. But I've actually seen that time and time again, that actually all of the satisfaction, all of those kind of moments of feeling really good come from the doing, come from the making progress. When we were writing our second book, I had like traffic lights that I filled in green each time we did a chapter. (laughs) It comes from that. And actually, I think I felt more success at the end of a week where I turned one of these traffic lights on a whiteboard in my lounge green than I did when we'd finished writing it as a whole. And so that, again, is just about changing our mindset towards like, what does it mean? What does it look like when we're kind of saying, oh, this is a success? And to try and see all of those mini moments of success along the way, I guess. It's so interesting. I remember a coaching session that I had years ago now when I was studying at Cass Business School and I was studying a master's in innovation, creativity and leadership. And I remember in the coaching session, for some reason, we were talking about I think I was fixating on the completion of the course. Like, when was it going to be complete? Yeah, and like, been there, been oh, there. <laughs> I'll have a master's then and whatever I was saying. And I remember the coach gave me a little bit of a provocation around energy. He said something along the lines of all the thing that has stuck with me was like, Helen, the energy is in doing it. Like, once you've mm. done, you've moved on. That moment's gone. The energy's in doing it. And you're missing out on that energy, which it just resonates with what you're saying there, that if I was so fixated on the completion of the course and getting my qualification the energy and the success in meeting new people and learning new programs and in every single assignment, I was just like missing all of that. I'd just gone to the finish line and missed the opportunity to think about the good stuff. Yeah, it's so interesting. I think I can, I reckon I could do divide like some of the learning experiences I have into a table where one was about tick box learning, where I sort of had exactly the wrong attitude and I was sort of doing it to tick a box or because I thought I should, because I felt like it was the right thing to do. And then those learning experiences I've had where I've actually been in it to really learn. Mm. And it wasn't about the certificate or the kind of the tick in the box. And what's so interesting is it's those learning experiences where you're still connected to them six years later, where you build your networks that really last and that support you in your careers, where you still remember and use those things that you've kind of learned. And so it's funny, isn't it? Because it can feel counterintuitive because it slows you down or it feels counterintuitive to me. My natural inclination is about 
the next thing rather than the now. And this is where I think if you are like that, actually having a bit of perspective can be really useful, I found. Remembering that this is only one year in a 45-year career or remembering that if you're going to do something and it takes two years and you thought it was only going to take one, like in the scheme of things, that doesn't really matter. So mm. I think what I've actually found in the probably in the past five years in particular, I'm more intentionally now slow myself down because I actually think I will be more successful as a result of that. And that's only because I've done some of this reframing. And perhaps as well, just introducing a bit more reflection on the very small successes. Mm. So if you find that your mind does leap to the, I'll be successful when I get promoted, I'll be successful when I finish the course, all those sorts of things, then maybe thinking about, well, how have I been successful today and trying to create more of a habit of reflecting on the here and now or what success means to me and how it's shown up this week might just be a way that you could start to build that kind of proximity and presence to where you are at the moment, if that might help for you. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Another thing that can be good so that you can get to kind of your individual version of success is to create some kind of what we call like a squiggly career success statement. And that implies that it's words and it doesn't have to be. When I've done this before, we've talked before about the value of vision boards. I remember there's a definite point in my career where I was thinking that the job that I'd got myself to externally looked quite successful because I'd, I'd been promoted and I was doing well, but I didn't really feel like I was successful myself because I wasn't happy and fulfilled and lots of the words that we shared from our Instagram community didn't reflect how I was feeling. I couldn't have said my squiggly career success statement out loud. I didn't have the words. I wasn't articulate enough to share that. But what I could do was I could see it in my mind. I knew what it might feel like. And so what I did to get to my individual version of success was I just collected loads of images. I spent like a good couple of weeks ripping out any image that for me, had some kind of 
emotion attached to it that I was like yes that is what I want it to be like I want it to have I remember like there being this like really clean house like I remember like success to me means like I remember I remember it's random I remember it, I think it was like a picture from a white company catalogue <laughs> something like that but I was like yes success to me means like a house where everything's in order and I feel like I've got time to make it clean I mean oh, that's still you would does... not like my environment right now Helen <laughs> I mean I don't like my own Sarah it doesn't look like that I've got kids rubbish everywhere but but my point you don't really think about it too much I don't I mean I probably don't really want a white house to be honest but there was something in that picture that spoke to me I think and it was about like clarity and control or something like that that I really wanted that I obviously didn't feel like I had at the time but I ended up with like a piece of A4 that had lots of images that I was like that is what I I think success looks and feels like for me I was like that's what's on those pictures and from that I actually was able to get to some words but the pictures were my starting place and last year last summer we had the squiggly career summer school I don't know if we'll do that again this year but we did it last year and it was, we should um, probably talk about that we should probably talk about that probably not <laughs> let us know everyone if you'd be interested in the squiggly career summer school because we haven't decided if we're doing it again yet but we did it last year I think we had 100 people on it and one of the exercises in that summer school was to create some version of a squiggly career success statement and we had all kinds of things some people did pictures like me some people drew their own pictures some people had a collection of words some people just had a quote like a quote that were like that sums it up and I was looking at some quotes actually and there's a lovely one from Maya Angelou that said success is liking yourself liking what you do and liking how you do it and again, mm. none of that's about the uh, becoming rich or whatever the social position things are, but it could just be someone else's statement that feels like success to you. But that, I think, can give you a sense of clarity and you can find your way through to something that feels unique and meaningful to you. And I definitely think it's time well spent doing that. And one of the things you could do, depending on your team and the culture of where you work, is if you're going to create something like this, this would be a great thing to share as a team. I think if somebody talks to you about their squiggly career success statement, so whether people bring along, you know, you could even bring along an object, mm. you know, bring along, this would be a great team exercise at a moment where I sense quite a few teams could do with that. We're going to, you know, think about how you're going to come back together in this kind of new hybrid world of work. If you all brought along one object that kind of represented your squiggly career success statement or your career success statement bring that object a bit like show and tell (laughs) and then just talk about like for like a minute like what does success mean to you and I think it'd be so like surprising it'd be so fun I want to do that exercise yeah and also (laughs) it's just really interesting to see I think people would come at it from really different directions I think you would learn a lot about people in a really short space of time and and also then just build better relationships so even if you did that in a team of two or three I, think that, I really that want to know what object really you bring. I think I bring it. I bring thing. some kind of plant that I take from a house that was growing, not one of the ones that's dying because I've forgotten to water it. And I'd like attach little things off the plant, like little things that I was growing. So I probably have like a little picture of my children, and then maybe a picture of our next book. And success would mean for me that this is all they were constantly growing and new shoots. That's what I'd bring. Oh, so cute! I love that you've already just like I know exactly what I would do. I think I might bring a cup or a collection of cups. Cups have played quite an important role at certain moments in my career. Some of you might have heard Helen and I tell this story before, but when we met at university, one of the things that we had to do in our weird and wonderful <laughs> degree, going. Uh, we had to create a business, a startup business as part of our degree. It was awful. It was like an early version of The Apprentice. Helen loved it. I think she might have been in charge, if I remember rightly. And our brilliant brainwave was to create a cup company. I mean, 
Oh, so rubbish. And uh, these cups had lizards on. I think the lizards might have been my idea. <laughs> but I don't know why. I don't know why they had lizards on. Probably from clip art at the Probably, time. Probably, <laughs> yeah. And also we were rubbish at operations, so these cups were phenomenally expensive <laughs> and we had to like sell them to our parents, basically. But there have been a few, bizarrely, a few moments where... I have got or been given a cup that have felt really important as part of my career. And like we got a cup from Abbey Road Studios, didn't we? When we yeah, did, we did our TED Talk, you bought me a cup last year that was very meaningful for me. I've got a cup with our squiggly career mural on um, from our first book Ooh, launch. What's the next cup? So That's I think I'd bring a collection of cups, which I do realise doesn't really talk about the rest of my life that much, but um, that's just where my head went to first. I'll obviously think <laughs> I'll obviously think about... You were like, I'm going to put my kids on there, and I was like, oh, I've not really got any cups that represent that bit. So Yet. Um, yet. I'll, just, I'll, sort, I'll sort that bit out before we do that team exercise. <laughs> and our third idea for action is thinking a bit about your circumference of success. Now, when Helen suggested this name, I did say circumferences and make me think of maths, um, which bring back some quite bad memories. But hopefully it will make sense as a reference as we describe it. And actually, most of our conversation today, when we think about success, we get very eye focused and uh, we really focus on you know what matters to us and what is important to us and what's motivating and meaningful. And that's all really important. But what we know, actually, is that when we think about success collectively, actually, that's where we often find a lot of our meaning and purpose. And if we not only think about, you know, this for ourselves, but also think about how can we be successful? How can I be successful with other people? That actually potentially gives us even more opportunity for shared success and and actually a heightened sense of being kind of successful. And I think there's two lenses that you can look at this through. First of all, thinking about all the different places where you can perhaps help other people to be successful. You can help your team. You could perhaps help um, other parts of your organisation. You could perhaps help networks within your organisation. How could you help your industry? Where could you volunteer? You know, what projects could you be part of? So just thinking about all of those places where there's opportunities to kind of be successful. And sometimes I think as well, being realistic and thinking back to my own career, Sometimes if perhaps we feel like where we are today in our day jobs perhaps isn't giving us some of the success that's important to us, some of those other places can really help with that. It's basically other sources of success, which I think is really nice. And that's where the circumference comes, is think about how you can can make your circumference as big as possible in kind of all the different places that you could spend time. And then I think it's just thinking also about this transition from kind of I thinking to we thinking. So rather than just thinking my own success statement you could do that exercise that we've just talked about and you could do that together you could do that together with the people that you run your business with the people in your team and thinking about back to the first point that we talked about in terms of seeing all your very small successes not only for yourself but how are you going to do that as a team and I think this idea of how do you make the whole bigger than some of the parts so you know rather than all thinking about how do we all individually be successful well how could we work together and all bring our brilliant best selves so that actually we can have even more success as a collective making that whole big in the sum of the parts and I think if I sat down with you and I drew my circumference so I was like okay me in the middle what success means to me in one word at the moment's impact and maybe we talked about that a little bit more and I drew some rings and I was like I think this is the impact I make 
the impact I help other people to make, the impact I help the business to make, for example, I think you might, A, be able to increase my circumference because you might say, oh, but Helen, you also do this. This is also an impactful Mm. thing that you do that I might not realise, but you also might be able to help me identify other ways. Like, okay, Helen, so success for you is about impact and particularly in the context of people's careers, what about this or could you do this and I and you would only get to that by sharing that with other people and I think that's such a great opportunity to have a conversation about success because I think sometimes people think success is about like it sounds a bit arrogant doesn't it to talk about what does success mean to me but actually Mm. if, if we had those sorts of tools I think it could be really collaborative and meaningful and actually what we could do is support each other with success in a really honest and authentic way and it, it not sound or feel like an arrogant conversation. And so perhaps to close, I think both for Sarah and I, this topic, it kind of provoked thinking about inevitably <laughs> about our own success and what success means to us, which is, I hope it provokes the same thing to you. And I got a post-it note in front of me and I was like, oh, if I was going to articulate this, if Sarah put me on the success spot, what would I answer? Which obviously and I would I, do, because that'd be very unfair. Okay, obviously, <laughs> having done that to her. Uh, oops, uh, well, I, I've done it to myself. Uh, so I thought, oh, I think to me, success at the moment for me is all about like how big my ripples are. And I thought, well, if that's what success means to me, then how do I support myself to make bigger ripples? And I ended up actually getting to a lot of, quite a lot of clarity. And I was like, okay, okay, I took this analogy quite far. I was like, well, to make my ripples big, I've got to be able to throw a pebble in. So I need to make sure I've got lots of energy. And then I need to make sure that my ripples are really defined. So I need to have a real clear message about how I kind of, for example, help people with their career. And then I need to think about the reach of my ripples and how they help and connect with other people's ripples. So basically, that might mean nothing to you. But for me, just working through some of the things that we've talked about ended up giving me a bit more clarity about what success means to me right now and what I need to do to increase that sense of success. So it worked for me as a process. Sarah, any, what are your reflections having talked through this and thought about it for a week? Well, I think actually not even just over the last week, but over the last year, the thing that I keep coming back to is because I spent a lot of time thinking about my values and I know my values really well, rather than thinking, oh, I know my values now and sort of putting them in a virtual drawer, I do come back to those values pretty frequently, at least monthly, if not more often. And just think about if I was to score myself zero to 10 on each of my four values, which are achievement ideas, learning and variety, where am I zero to 10? And why is that? And what might I do to increase that number by one, you know, from a seven to an eight, from a six to a seven. And it's never about beating myself up. Sometimes I found it really helpful just to understand how I'm feeling. So there have definitely been times over the last year where I just haven't felt successful or I haven't felt like things are going that well for whatever reason. And then when I think to my values, I go, okay, that helps me to understand why. And sometimes that's okay. That's literally as far as you get. And you think, well, I understand why there's maybe some things that I can't control, some things I can't do that much about right now. And that's okay. And you just feel more comfortable kind of living with that sense of going, I'm perhaps not quite where I would like to be. And also then it does prompt positive action. It helps you think, okay, what are the small things? And I think in particular over the last year, it has had to be quite small things. You know, what are some of the small actions that I can take that just give me a little bit more of that in my life, a little bit more of what I view as success in my day to day. You know, when it comes to things like variety, obviously a lot of our variety have been has been taken away. So I have had to work sometimes really hard to sort of just inject that bit of newness into my days and also making sure that you prioritise 
the things that are important to you. Because I think when you understand your own success, you make better choices and trade-offs. Because we're all making choices and trade-offs with our time, with what we do, with what we don't do all of the time, I think, in Squiggly Careers. And it helps me to just think, well, I know I'm going to do this because it's going to help me be more successful day to day, week to week in the work that I do and, and the kind of career that I want to have. So it's it's worth doing. It's worth prioritising. It's worth saying no to this thing. So I've got a bit more time for something different. So I think you just feel more confident and in control when you've really spent some time thinking about this. It doesn't mean it's always easy and it doesn't mean that everything is then really straightforward. But I, I just think you bas- you understand yourself better and then you just feel much better as well. So maybe just to kind of draw our conversation to a close and just to summarize a few things we said. So I repeat that quote from right at the beginning on our TED talk, which was that in squiggly careers, there's no one size fits all version of success. Success is as individual as you are. And we've talked about three different ways to help you reflect on what success means to you. So Sarah talked about reframing success from black and white to shades of gray. I talked about the importance of defining your squiggly career success statement. And then Sarah just talked about how you can increase your circumference of success. Also, we've mentioned a couple of different podcast episodes so Sarah mentioned the episode with Kath Bishop and that was episode 193 and then also the episode on values which is episode 42 and now for all of our podcasts we have got a pod sheet so that is a downloadable summary of the episode it's got like different boxes where you can put in your squiggly career success statement and maybe that one word you can get that from our website if you just go to amazingif.com and we'll put the link as well to it on the show notes so you'll be able to get that and hopefully it might be a way that you can take what you've listened to and reflect a little bit more with it and as always if you have five minutes to do us a bit of a favor we'd love it if you could rate and review the podcast we read every one of those and we just love it it just gives us that kind of moment of joy during the week and if you have read our book the squiggly career an amazon or equivalent review wherever you bought your book is also really really appreciated it's how our work gets shared with other people and that's how other people discover us so we always really appreciate you doing that I'm nodding along, but you can't see my nods, everyone, but I am. I'm like, yes, please do that. That would be really helpful. Thank you. So that's everything for this week. We'll speak to you again soon. And thank you so much for listening. Bye, everybody. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina.